0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fly in the Lab. My name is Maria, and I am a scientist, PhD student, science communicator, and host of this podcast. Fly in the Lab is a place where we can all chat and laugh about our science confessions or lab mishaps. This podcast is a place where we can dispel myths about scientists and really share some of the humour that gets us through the day-to-day struggles, of which there are many. Thank you so much for joining me, and I hope that you enjoy listening to Fly in the Lab. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Fly in the Lab podcast. I have the funniest story to share with you all this week. And uh, I mean, (laughs) it's funny in that I feel like people are going to laugh at me rather than with me. But I mean, I feel like uh, I find it funny too. So I feel comfortable sharing it with you, but it kind of just epitomises how my week has been. So, we had some important people coming to our labs to have a look around, and they were giving a presentation about some work that they've been doing in the Northeast. And we have some people from their company who are currently working with us at the minute and they wanted to kind of give us a bit of a brief about, you know, where they're investing their money, things that are coming up in the future, and (laughs) we had a pizza lunch, so the university had brought in pizzas for people to have while we were listening to this talk. Now, I am a known people pleaser, I don't like to sort of make a scene, I don't like to make a fuss, and I am gluten-free, so (laughs) I asked for a gluten-free pizza and that was already almost too much for me to bear having to ask for separately and I got my gluten-free pizza. It did not come sliced so I had to pull this pizza into pieces with my hands. I was getting grease everywhere in front of all of these like really important delegates and I was just mortified but then It just got so much worse in that I decided it would be a good idea to run down the stairs because I wanted to get out of everybody's way. In running down the stairs, I then proceeded to drop my pizza on the floor because I didn't wanna make a scene. I didn't wanna sort of make a fuss. I just picked the pizza up and I was like, oh my God, what am I gonna do? So I just ate it. And now I'm like, why did I do that? That's like disgusting. (laughs) There was like dirt all over the floor and there's me just sat there sort of chomping on this pizza. But my friends, it gets worse. So I was not the only gluten-free person there and I didn't realize this. So some of my pizza was going missing, but I was like, hey ho, is what it is. People are obviously welcome to have the pizza. It's not all mine. But there was a lot of extra meat left on the side. So it was a pepperoni pizza. That's my jam. I love a pepperoni pizza. And there was lots of bits of pepperoni left in the box, which I was like getting. So I'm getting this pepperoni and I'm putting it onto my pizza and I'm eating it. And I'm like, this is, this is brilliant. I love this. Uh, I'd like to say I'm already not looking great because most people are having one or two slices. I'm on my fifth slice at this point. I, I When I eat, I eat. Okay. I don't just have one slice. I'm I'm hungry. I'm eating to be fed so I'm having these exercises of pepperoni and it's not until the end when I see one of the senior lecturers picking off pieces of pepperoni off his pizza and throwing them into the box where my pizza is that I realize I've been eating the leftover pieces of pepperoni from his pizza <sighs> I mean I feel like if that just doesn't epitomize who I am as a person what does it's just been and I just feel like that that just... That tells you what my week has been like in general. Things have been going wrong. I've been doing stupid things and it's just not been the one. So I felt like I wanted to just share that before I started the podcast because it's a funny thing that's happened to me. And I thought, well, you know, this is a place where even I can get things off my chest. It's not, not just about getting confessions from my guests I'm allowed to confess things too so there you go that's something that's happened with me this week um I hope that you've all had a better week than me but at the end of the day I had some pizza I really enjoyed it I listened to a few good talks All's good at the end of the day. All's good. (laughs) So this week on the podcast, I had pleasure of speaking to Brad Richardson, who is a fellow fly enthusiast and he works in neurodegeneration as well. So it was really great to have a chat with him about his research and of course discuss some confessions that have been sent in by you, the lovely public. So yeah, I think that's probably enough of me rambling. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome back everybody to Fly in the Lab, thank you yet again for joining me and today I have Brad Richardson with me who is a fellow fly enthusiast, I feel like I can say that. Uh, Brad do you want to introduce yourself, who you are, what you do? Sure,
1: um, thanks for having me on personally. Um So I've listened to the first few episodes and they're pretty funny so hopefully okay. I can add, add to that.
0: <laughs> I'm glad you think so, um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I didn't even tell so, him to say that.
1: <laughs> yeah all on my own. <laughs> um, so yeah, like you said, I'm a fly biologist. I work with Drosophila. Um, I'm a neuroscientist, and I am currently at the University of Southampton down on the south coast, um, for, for any American listeners who don't know the where that is. Um, so my research is primarily focused upon microtubules. So these are small structures that we find within our, our neurons or our brain cells and they, they provide a lot of support to, to the neurons themselves. Um, and we think, or well, we know that in disease, especially with an Alzheimer's, um, these microtubules are compromised and it leads to a lot of the deficits that we see. Um, but one thing that we don't know is what happens to them during normal aging. So a lot of people will know that the biggest risk factor to a lot of disease is the age of the individual. So what my project is looking to find is whether the microtubules are degrading with age and if they are, does that lead to an increased vulnerability to disease? So I've got a couple of sort of aspects to the project. It's looking at the actual aging and then it's looking at the disease part as well. Um, so it's quite open and really interesting.
0: That is really interesting. So yeah, I, I, for all like we've kind of chatted us so we make sure that on Instagram, and for all we've like chatted on and off kind of about our work, I don't think I've ever actually like properly sat down and like asked you what you do. So to be honest, it's interesting even for me to hear that. Um, and you're in your second year now.
1: Yeah. So I'm what a month, two months into my second year, um, had my sort of first year confirmation thing recently
0: how did that go i feel like so i'm for anybody who's kind of listening who isn't kind of aware of the process of phds normally you have every year kind of around your start date something that's like an annual review or like a progress review or some sort of like mini viva viva whatever you want to call it um and it's kind of where you sit down with your supervisory team and normally somebody sort of either external who's either in a different department at your university or is say like an external partner who's funding your project and you kind of update them on where you are with the work and how everything's going and it can be a bit stressful um I just had my second year annual review so I've just gone into my final year and it was terrifying it was I don't know if I just like build these things up in my head but I just kind of felt like I was going to go in and I was going to be like, right, well, this is what I've done. And then we're going to be like, well, that's not very much. Like, what have you been? Why are you even stressed? So like, but I mean, it was fine. Like, you know, I I passed it, but I I don't know. I feel like it's always a bit of a grim experience. So how did you find yours? Was it okay?
1: Yeah, to be honest, it was all right. Um, I was quite lucky that I hit my PhD running because the thing I sort of started out with was very similar to what I'd done during my master's. And I'm in the same lab as what I did my master's in.
0: Oh, I didn't know that, okay.
1: Yeah, so so it's quite helpful. And even though I started during, so obviously my first year was during the peak of COVID. So we didn't get a lot of supervision within the labs. But luckily, because it was on something so familiar to me, even though I was asking a different question, I was able to really get into the lab and from day one start collecting data. Yeah. So I actually went into my first, to the Viva with with, um, basically a full paper which is unheard oh, of. Uh, PhDs. Oh. So I had a lot, I had a lot of work to talk about, but the issue was that because I've spent so much time gathering data and sort of, um, uh, analyzing what I'd had, I didn't put as much effort into my sort of scientific communication and the way that I presented it.
0: Right. Um, okay.
1: So I'd, I'd rushed aspects and, you know, I hadn't proofread enough. So I got what I got caught up on a lot was the way that I had written uh, my communication. Um, okay. Well, so that was something that I, that I need to
0: work on. As far as things go, though, for improving on, like, that's something that's very attainable. And I mean, I mean, <laughs> you've probably heard like gagging halfway through that. It makes me I'm so jealous that you've got like a paper just ready to go. Like you've been absolutely smashing it. That's like amazing. I'm so jealous. But like, it is amazing. And obviously, like, massive, well done. But I mean, like, yeah, you can improve the communication part of it anyway. And I think I mean, I was talking to one of the new PhD students in our department about this earlier today. And she was kind of saying that she was a little bit worried because she's kind of, again, like you've just been saying. And I was very similar, hit the ground running as soon as they started in terms of gathering data. And she was like, oh, I'm just a little bit concerned about how that's kind of going to come across. And when I get to final year, like everybody else is doing their literature reviews right now. And I was like, nah, don't worry. Like we all move at such different pace. I don't have a literature review yet because I straight away just started working with the flies and gathering data and I was like don't kind of put too much pressure on yourself and like what you've just been saying like maybe you didn't put too much emphasis on the science communication but by the time you get to like the end of your third year and your actual vibe you're going to be fine with that so don't worry about it too much
1: it's not even I mean I'm told a lot of the time that you won't get a lot of your meaningful data until your final year anyway
0: yeah people um, keep saying so that a lot to of me. So what I've got is probably
1: thesis fodder. So.
0: <laughs> yeah but people keep saying that to me and I'm in my final year and I don't have a lot of data so. It's
1: right; right it'll come all at
0: once. <laughs> I hope so. It's one of my main stresses right now. We were um just before we started the podcast recording we were talking about how we both had like a bit of a rubbish day and uh, my rubbish day is fully just down to being really stressed about getting data and just getting finished on time. I just oh the end's like in sight and I just feel like it's this massive mountain that I have to climb to get over to even get close to completing it and oh the stress right now is so real (laughs) especially I think because a lot of my following are obviously people who do science and I think scientists are kind of put against each other and we are made to be quite competitive kind of from the get-go I was just really shocked that that's the way that the percentages went I don't know if that's just me I think that's what I mean when I say that I'm shocked not that I'm like oh my god like only 11% said that they would you terrible people
1: <laughs> I don't I, I, I don't think I'd yeah if it was a close friend I do not I don't think I'd dub anyone in to be honest with too much effort <laughs> too relaxed
0: that, so that's good though I do think that's good I think it, it would depend for me like I said I think it would depend what type of friend they were and like how I, how I felt about them.
1: Oh, I, I, I want to know if if the person who the, the people who have um, said yes, whether it's because they they've done that themselves, they're confessing their sins.
0: Maybe maybe that I feel like this is what this podcast is turning into. Like some people send me some very interesting confessions, and I'm like, did you just want to get that off your chest? Because now, like, that's all <laughs> I can think about.
1: <laughs> so you're sort of a therapist Yeah,
0: yeah d- almost. Yeah, I'm like the science therapist the masses. The masses. I shouldn't say the masses it's it's there's not that many people <laughs> but uh, so do you have any co- confessions that you want to make because obviously this is a place where we want to talk about kind of science confessions science mishaps anything that you feel like you want to share to either get off your chest or if there's something that you think is like quite funny that people will relate to as you've just said I am technically now a therapist so <laughs> hit me with it <laughs>
1: I don't think I've got any, like, outlandish ones like some people do. I just do a lot of dumb shit all the time. (laughs) And most of it involves me dropping stuff or um, setting up the wrong crosses. Mm. But, like, you're talking about the the genetic crosses. When I was a master's, um, I kept on setting up this one cross, and I couldn't for the life of me work out why it wasn't working. And it turns out for about two months I'd been setting up the, the wrong two genotypes so there wasn't a genetic driver in there. So I was just mating two random flies. Oh, no. And my PI couldn't work out what was happening. And I just kept on, every time I go and image them and the, the protein wasn't there, I would just say uh, I didn't have anything to image because they died off or whatever. But it turns out I went back and I was mating the wrong flies the whole time. Um, and I, I I did that quite a lot during my master's. So maybe it's because I'm not reading. Uh, reading i reading the labels enough <laughs> for understanding.
0: I mean I do feel like that is easy to do because I've done that before as well more often it's because I maybe get like a virgin that isn't a virgin mixed up so when you set up a genetic cross it's quite important and um, this is obviously not for you Brad this is for the listeners <laughs> let me I tell you how to do your job now um, so if you set up a genetic cross you need to use virgin flies because you don't want female flies that have kind of leftover sperm from a male that is not kind of from your desired stock that you want to mate them with so we look for virgins in our stocks and that's what we set our genetic crosses up with so whenever I make this mistake it's normally because I've put in a fly that's not a virgin and then the progeny will be like all wacky and I'm like hmm you don't look like what I expected you to and then it's, I'll like I was just
1: outright setting the wrong ones so did you, it wasn't did you,
0: did you tell anybody like did you tell your PI in the well, end the, were the, you the just worst like thing was that it wasn't
1: my well my, my PhD student kept on getting the blame
0: no oh, no. Me. so,
1: <laughs> so I, I didn't tell her afterwards no but I, I did I did figure it out eventually and I just sort of mm. quietly started setting the right yeah I like
0: corrected it like oh it started and it started now.
1: working I was like oh magic yeah
0: I'm just that good
1: (laughs) yeah then the PhD stop getting the blame
0: oh bless them I like I feel like now that I'm like a PhD student I can understand why some PhD students really like hate other students as in like master students or undergraduate students because postgraduate students when I've been both like an undergrad and a master student and I was always a bit like oh they weren't particularly nice to me or they could have been a bit nicer and now I'm like I thought they get it I get it it's fair (laughs)
1: i mean you know we're, we're good friends now so it's fine
0: oh well, that's good
1: maybe, maybe i should tell them this tomorrow
0: so I'll just send them the link when this comes out be like i've got, yeah. I've got something to tell you <laughs> so is there anything
1: so i said that i spill stuff a lot mm-hmm. um and on two occasions now we've got brand new antibodies in um so i, I don't know if you've ever ordered antibodies from like abcam or whatever mm. they they come in those little like lego bricks. yeah 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 well <laughs> what what if they're upside down, if you're not careful and you open them up straight away, the the sort of liquid is like stuck to the top. So if you open it, it just falls out.
0: Oh, it's so great. on
1: like two occasions, I've opened up like 600 pounds. Oh no. Tiny Eppendorf of antibody and just spilt like half of it. Oh, it's always the most expensive thing. Yeah, I know. Or I've just been pipetting and just knocked it over. And uh, yeah. you just sort of quietly mop it up and don't say anything
0: yeah I've done that before yeah I did that I was running really low on I think it was tack mix um and yeah I was pipetting and i knocked it over and it was like a slow-mo where it's I sort of saw it tipping couldn't quite catch it and it all just went over the bench and I was just like oh
1: no I feel like it's something we all do yeah, we do. We all do. So it... I think
0: we just don't cough it, as you say. Like that's why
1: I said it it's not it that quietly. outlandish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it's no. It's not no. really that big
1: of a confession, but
0: no, but it is because like people. I, I think because people don't confess it, then you know, as you say, you, like you do have undergraduate students or master students who will do that, and they'll come to you and they're really upset and they're like, "I'm really sorry, I've knocked this over," and you're just like, "Yeah, it's fine." Like, well, it's are the best when, us. You,
1: when you see the next person going to open it up and they they ask why. Like, have you used a lot of this? There's not a lot left in it. I'm like, I don't know anything about that.
0: All the master student
1: must have knocked it. Yeah,
0: we all blame the other students. I think my thing is like I waste a lot of reagents by doing like miscalculations. And what was I doing? Oh, it was I was trying to do standard curve. So, um, like I mentioned, kind of in previous episodes, I've been doing a lot of qPCR work and I was doing standard curves with my primers so basically I was doing these experiments to make sure that my reactions were like really efficient and I was using the right concentrations of all the chemicals blah 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 Um, and I was doing because my experiments I'm doing male flies and female flies separately when I was doing the standard curves I was doing males and females for the same primer pair and then obviously that's like loads of reagents but I was talking to my supervisor my supervisor was like well you just need to do one like it doesn't matter if the male or female it's, you're just trying to optimize the primer and I was mm. like oh no so I've been doing like all of these extra extra experiments for absolutely no reason and wasting like cyber green which is expensive like I've just ordered some more and it's like I don't know 250 pound for four teeny tiny little vials I'm just like oh, oh. so it definitely happens to us all
1: I mean, the one I do often as well is I forget to put like either the secondary or the primary on so yeah. I go to image and then nothing's worked and then I've wasted either the secondary or primary on an experiment but like, once again that's something I think we all do yeah definitely
0: definitely I was using a microscope the other day and I was like why can't I see anything and then I realized it's because I hadn't taken the cap off it and I'm like a final year PhD student who's been doing microscopy for seven years like
1: it happens to the best of us
0: it really does and it always happens when I'm like having a really bad day and then I'll get like really upset and I'm like I'm not actually upset because I've done something stupid I'm upset because it's just like tipped me over the edge after everything else that's been (laughs) going wrong and then then I just look like an idiot because I'm like sobbing (laughs) for like (laughs) the silliest of things (laughs) oh it's just not the one it's not the one but no I'm glad that you've like confessed those I know you said that they're like not super spicy but you know I think it doesn't matter we need need to like share these things and you know if you don't say it who's gonna say it
1: for sure I mean the the other thing is with I'm not sure what your lab's been like over COVID but it's been pretty dead so there hasn't been a lot of opportunity to accidentally like ruin other people's experiments
0: there is that yeah yeah and like I'm a one woman one person fly group band so like if uh, I if I mess up my crosshairs or I do something stupid with the stocks it's not affecting anybody so, but me
1: you, you, you haven't accidentally thrown other people's vials out before
0: no but <laughs> yeah, I've done
1: that one a couple of times
0: <laughs> yeah I mean I've accidentally thrown out my own but and then I've gone back oh, and been like yeah. oh god and I've had to, like root through the bin And, uh, like, undo the top again. And, oh, yeah, I've definitely uh, weirded through the bin a fair few times. That seems to happen a lot. There's always, I don't know, it's always, as you say, like, really silly mistakes. But I always, like, I've got quite a, like, self-deprecating sense of humour. So, like, I just laugh at myself afterwards. I'm like...
1: Yeah, well, you get mad at first, and then you laugh at yourself after.
0: Yeah, it's the best way to be. Which is a good segment into our confessions because this first one I feel like you'll resonate with this because I, I don't know why I just feel like this is something that you would do <laughs> and this <laughs> might really offend okay. you after every this day. might offend me yeah <laughs> you're gonna kind of be like no Maria I wouldn't uh, I think I probably would have done this so it might make you feel better but okay so this is confession number one and this is it's slightly left field it's nothing really to do with like flies or anything that either of us do but I'm sure you'll be very familiar with this experiment when I start talking about it because it's a pretty popular one among scientists. So we were four friends in the lab and decided to scratch our teenage curiosity itch about what happened when you mix sodium with water. Now, it's well known that sodium explodes when it comes into contact with water, but we didn't really believe it and didn't know what to expect. So one day we decided to drop some sodium into a beaker of water and it turned out it was actually the perfect amount for an explosion. And all we remembered was a big boom as a mushroom shaped cloud formed above us. Turns out sodium and water really do react violently. We should have listened to our teacher. Fortunately, none of the classmates got a scratch, but our teacher was very annoyed at us.
1: Do you know this Yeah. You're <laughs> bang on. That's something I, yes. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs>
0: I was really nervous. When it. I was like, "Oh, he's going to be really annoyed at me."
1: No, hundred percent.
0: It is curiosity, isn't it? It's like morbid curiosity because I think, like you know, like especially if somebody says, "Oh, don't do this for this reason," you're like, eh, is it that bad?" I've never actually done this, but like, obviously, I've heard about it, and so it's I'm been kind of a-
1: they they've done this at like secondary school, right? It I would assume like so
0: it. yeah they didn't I, I asked them kind of what the circumstances were and they didn't sit so I'm assuming it was like secondary school or high school or whatever you want to call it um but yeah I was like I don't know I was like a bit of a goody two-shoes at school so I don't think I would have done this at school it's something that I would do now because I'm kind of like on my own in the lab and you know I'm an adult I'm in charge of my own Explosions, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think I would have done it at school. But I don't know. If that's just because I was like a very law-abiding citizen, and if I was told not to do something, I just wouldn't do it. But I can understand, like as a kid, like why you would want to. I think, especially if like your teacher said, oh, it's going to cause an explosion. I can see why some kids would be like, "Bring it on."
1: Yeah, because I, I would say, "I don't believe you, mate," and then I, mean, I want to try it myself. Mm. This is the thing they, they, they should have filmed it and then provided evidence
0: yeah so yeah maybe that would have been good to be fair that would have like especially like back in my day it was like and I'm, well, we're like the same age i don't know why i said that and like, <laughs> and, like <laughs> yeah, on like like msn was like what we used to use and yeah. i can just imagine that video like bopping around on like msn messenger just oh that would have been good we did a heart dissection at school and some of the lads took like bits of the heart home um and like they were like flinging it about after the lesson I remember that being like probably as grim as it got in terms of like people doing stupid things but I don't think we ever did anything like making explosions I think we we burnt some whatsits once to see like how quickly it burned and we did a jelly baby as well I mean I can't remember <laughs> what what it was even for now so that's like how much it stuck in my head I, I, I just remember t- yeah I them. think we
1: did that as well it mm. was to look at like um, the energy capacity of different yeah or something it was part, it was yeah. like the
0: redox reactions
1: yeah that's the one <laughs>
0: that one thing that i did in a level chemistry that i've never used since <laughs> oh no i don't know I can, I can see that happening like sometimes i get some confessions in and i'm like oh that didn't happen but I, I think i can see that happening
1: i mean i'm pretty sure phds do stuff like this as well probably
0: yeah i think yeah. i'm probably would now as I say. But then I think a lot of things like this seem to happen. Like I was in the labs, this is when like the master students were in, maybe last year. No, that was COVID. Maybe it's the year before. And somebody had been using something in the hood. I can't remember what it was. I want to say chloroform, but maybe it wasn't. Because they then just left a vial of it open in the sink. And that they're like supervising students sort of came in and was like kicking off like yeah. label everything and like if somebody poured this down the sink there could have been an explosion and I was sort of zipping about in the background like
1: oh. <laughs>
0: but I can see it like if, if as like I mean as you said like you're you're getting some master students soon aren't you and like I do a bit of teaching now um I don't know do you do any teaching
1: yeah yeah I do a bit of teaching
0: yeah so like I feel like now now that I've started doing that I can see it from the other side, and like if somebody in one of my lessons did that, I'd be absolutely forming mad.
1: That's the thing is, I'd find it funny.
0: Would you? We're very different, yeah. very different styles of teaching here, Brad.
1: <laughs> but but I mean, I suppose the, the difference is, are we the one who gets bollocked then?
0: Probably. we were if, in charge. If, yeah, if we're in charge, this is the thing. Like I was teaching a lab the other day where people were taking their blood, and I was like, I've just like, it, it was like a, a, a yeah yeah, but it was like a moment where I was like. Oh my god, I'm in charge. All these people are like stabbing themselves with like it's like those the little oh it's like a little plastic thing and it has a little needle in the end and you sort of oh, like a little finger yeah yeah that's what they were doing and then they were like milking their fingers to get the blood out. Well, I was like oh it was like a moment a moment of clarity where I was like I'm in charge of all of these first year students who are like pricking themselves making themselves bleed <laughs> and I was it was honestly like a moment of I'm the responsible one here and yeah. I didn't feel like I was mentally ready for that kind of responsibility
1: yeah well, one of the labs that I run we um we're basically at the second year to like shock themselves so you can see them they're like on the program trying to trying to uh, put the electrode up to the highest bit and like chasing each other around the lab trying to shock each other oh!
0: <laughs> that's quite good is does it hurt then is it like
1: no, not really. But I think they think that it, they can get it up to a high enough amount to hurt each other. <laughs> but what they don't know is that it's actually capped. So even oh, though they keep uh... on moving it up, it's not actually moving it up. So you, like when we tell them that, they look really sad. Oh. We didn't do anything with we didn't do anything with blood. We did um we did do an experiment where we all had to like pee in. We all had to take like half of us took paracetamol and half of us didn't, and then we had to like over four hours keep on peeing in jars. Oh, and then yeah. testing the absorbance in it
0: this is so funny so I I the, the episode isn't out yet but it will be out by the time that I've edited our podcast and put it up so the podcast that I recorded last week which hopefully as I said will be up by the time you listen to this was with Hannah Paul, who was my first year undergraduate like lab buddy and one of the labs that we did in first year was like we had to drink a certain percentage of our body weight in water and then we had to pee every like 10 minutes for three hours and measure how much of the water came like through our system why yeah. did they make us pee why
1: why yeah, does every know. uni do this could you imagine trying to get like school-aged kids to do that they'd oh, be, chasing be around the of the vials and stuff oh,
0: they'd just be oh, they're, oh. i mean
1: uni students aren't much better
0: no, I was going to say it before. This is like the vision that I had with the blood because I was like, people are going to be squirting blood left, right, and centre. And uh, <laughs> I d- if they asked me to do it, it was like a water diuretic stuff. If they asked me to do that, I think I'd say no because I think I'm scarred yeah. from doing it myself. Why did they make us do that? I'm seeing like a common theme across all universities here where like everybody seems to have done it, and I'm like, why?
1: We we did a lot of um, stuff with like frog, like whole like live frogs. Oh. So they, they would bring us like they they weren't um, they were brain dead and we would have to do loads oh. of experiments of them, but you'd see like the the weirdos in the, the sort of the corner of the lab like poking the frogs with their fingers and stuff.
0: Oh no! Oh, that makes <laughs> me sad. Oh, no. Brad's like I was one of those weirdos.
1: <laughs> no, <I don't>. <laughs> maybe. <laughs>
0: oh that's awful I feel like these sometimes pick out like the strangest experiments for us to do and I swear they do it as like some sort of bizarre punishment like we had to do one with like guinea pig ileum where we were I think we were like putting steroids or something into the water where these like ileum like bits of intestine were and we had to watch and see whether it like contracted or dilated and I just remember sitting there watching this like piece of intestine like shrivel up and then get bigger and shrivel up (laughs) and I'm just like oh
1: we did that exact experiment as well (laughs) (laughs) yeah what uni did you go if you're undergrad Southampton as well
0: oh Southampton as well okay as if was it I
1: reckon they all just passed the same experiments around
0: you must it was it was was like a pharmacology and physiology module
1: (laughs) yes was
0: Was your undergrad in biomed
1: no nah, neuroscience.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. So but I, I was took in... so
1: I took pharma modules.
0: Right. Okay. Maybe that's why then, because so I did like biomed, and that was like the it was a a required it... module, but the pharma students did that one as well. So that would make sense. Yeah. It w- it was
1: called like um Finkelman or something like that. It was named after a famous scientist.
0: I mean, that that might be man. why
1: it's done everywhere. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe
0: maybe it's famous and we're just totally oblivious to it. <laughs> yeah oh as if I didn't even know that see I'm learning things this is like a good reason why I do this podcast I'm like oh I'm not the only one who did these like really bizarre things uh but no that's good thank you for your insights on that I think that was quite interesting um I think we'll move on to confession number two again this one's a bit left field but I don't know I just thought this one was really funny (laughs) so I had just finished a really long day in the lab and needed to get some dinner I drove to our local grocery store and parked up. I was eager to get home, so quickly picked up some groceries and hopped back into my car. As I was reversing out of the parking spot, I wasn't really paying attention properly and unfortunately reversed into the car behind me. I felt terrible, so went back into the grocery store to report it. They announced over the tannoy, can the owner of a black pickup registration, blah, 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 please come to the the front desk. (laughs) to my absolute horror (laughs) who walked around the corner to claim the car but my PhD supervisor
1: (laughs) oh no that's tragic
0: I'd die I just I'd want the world to just like swallow me up.
1: I think my my PI would kill me (sighs)
0: yeah I don't know my so I'm not sure if my PI would kill me but I think she'd be pretty upset I don't know. I just yeah. feel like it would be really awkward as well. Being like, "Oh, so see you on Monday. Yeah, yeah. seventeen <laughs> else."
1: <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah. What do you do after that? Does the, do the do they then bill you for it, or do they let you off? Of, I suppose it depends on your relationship with the PI.
0: Yeah, and like, I don't know. Is it really bad of me to think this? This is probably going to be really bad, but I'm going to say it anyway because I like to play a devil's advocate. You know, if you're a PI, you're normally fairly high up at the uni. You're probably getting a decent wage. You can probably afford to fix your car. If you're a PhD yeah. student, you're probably skint.
1: <laughs> you I mean, know,
0: <laughs> I know that the insurance company is probably going to pay for it. But like, if you're a wealthy I mean, PI... <laughs> the,
1: the, the way I think about it is the PI gets their money because you do research for them <laughs> so maybe as like a like christmas bonus they can just pay off the car
0: <laughs> can you imagine saying but yeah, that you're completely like... right
1: we're, we're all on like below minimum wage and they're all earning like tens and tens of thousands Oh,
0: and then you're just like yes i'll I pay for that like 500 pound scratch in your car like oh i don't know it's it's a hard one i think if you were like a really nice pi you would maybe be like look don't worry about it but then if it was anybody else of course you would probably be like yeah absolutely like fix my car for me so me- maybe he's like they're well within their right no they are i shouldn't say maybe like they are well within their rights to make you pay for that yeah. but i
1: mean it's pro- it's probably better than reversing it into a complete stranger
0: is it brad
1: is it? i don't know because when, <laughs> it, when it's a stranger they might like go for insurance and and muck up your insurance but if it's someone that you know they might just let you pay for it under the table yeah. there know. is
0: that isn't there yeah because you can't yeah you're not like supposed to do that are you but like I guess you could do that anyway can't you where you just like will like sort yeah. it out outside of the like, insurance companies
1: if like say if you reversed into my car I wouldn't phone my insurance company up and be like oh, Maria, I'm really
0: <laughs> you wouldn't be coming back on the podcast <laughs> no uh, it is. I think for me though it's like the thought of what would you do the next week because if you have like a really good relationship with your PI then I think you could probably just laugh about it but if you don't have a good relationship with them or if they're like quite standoffish yeah. that's gonna like severely damage your relationship well, with them. you
1: know I'm pretty sure my PI thinks I'm an idiot anyway.
0: Oh no. So I don't no. think that would
1: my cause at all.
0: I'm sure he doesn't.
1: No I, I don't know we'll, we'll wait and find out
0: oh but I mean maybe just like don't reverse into his car and test that theory and
1: yeah it's a a good starting point I just
0: I feel like like good good for whoever it was I mean I do know obviously who it was who submitted this I can't remember their name but you know good for you for going in and like confessing to it because I think a lot of people would probably yeah that's the other thing do you know
1: what half the I reckon more than half of people would just drive away
0: that should have been my poll of the week. Yeah. <laughs> not they do a science, but uh, would you leave your that? Especially if you and
1: you have no money, you'd be thinking, oh, do you know what? I can just probably get away with this.
0: Yeah, because your insurance would go through the roof, wouldn't it? I mean... I'm not
1: saying you should, but...
0: Yeah, we're not condoning yeah. that, but also, yeah. like, cough, cough, wink, wink, you know? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, would, do you think it's worse if it's a PI compared to, say, somebody else in your lab group?
1: Um... Yeah, I think it is because mm. it's sort of a representation of <laughs> how careful you are. <laughs> well, I don't know. It depends on your relationship because you could have a you could have a bad relationship with like a postdoc in your lab, and they might take it the bad way. And it depends on how much you see them each day. Like some people might see their PIs once a month, and some might see them every day. So I suppose that makes a difference as well.
0: That is a good point. I hadn't thought about that because you're right like if you see them every day I think it might be a little bit easier to like just shrug it off because it would soon become old news but yeah if you only see them kind of in like a really formal meeting every now and again you're going to be a bit it's going to be a bit awkward you you just got to
1: force a joke just the next time they come how was your car mate you
0: know (laughs) oh no I couldn't oh I'd be like turning up to my next meeting with like all the hand goodies and like kissing <laughs> their no, you're supposed to
1: <laughs> make the best out of a bad situation by just making it funny instead like yeah. coping mechanism
0: which is I mean basically what we do with everything really isn't it like something goes yeah. wrong you just you've got to laugh otherwise you'd definitely cry it's definitely not the one but yeah I don't know I just thought that was like I don't know like a.
1: it's an interesting one because I was expecting it to be Something they've actually done in the lab, but then you forget about those sort of outside interactions that you have,
0: yeah, you do, your, like, yeah, because like I mean, my supervisor lives like quite far away from me, so I wouldn't really expect to bump into her like in the supermarket or something, but yeah, like if you yeah. do live in the same place where you know in bigger cities, I'm sure plenty of people do, then yeah i I can't i don't know i don't I don't know if I'm just like a bit of an awkward being about stuff like that like. I have bumped into people who I work with and like Tesco and stuff and I just feel really awkward I'm like they know what I'm buying I'm like why is that weird <laughs> like so what if they know that I'm buying broccoli like
1: <laughs> it's like when you bump into your teacher when you're at school it's just really awkward you don't know like so not when not in school when you bump into your teacher when you're in like Tesco yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah it's always a bit of a weird one I don't know I feel like like I always find it a bit strange if you bump into them while you're doing like really boring life stuff, and I don't know why that bothers me more than anything else. Like it would really make me uncomfortable if I like bumped into somebody who I work with at like IKEA, and I don't know why. <laughs> I have no like reason for that other than I don't know. It just what about have like... you?
1: What about you bumped into them like halfway through a night out, but like, absolutely oh. steaming, and you bump into your PI?
0: I can imagine nothing worse, honestly. I. Oh, I, I just can't. The the thought of it makes me feel physically sick.
1: But there are some people who go out drinking with their PIs.
0: Yeah, me. Well, because Livy was talking about this in her episode, and I was saying like I went to my PI's husband's fiftieth birthday party, and like I had an amazing night. Like I had a really good time, but I wasn't like absolutely steaming drunk. Mm. I like, oh, I just can't. I don't know what I would do. Like I think it's because like. I wouldn't want to be wildly inappropriate and like flinging my <laughs> arms around them and like giving them like massive hugs at me and being like oh palette oh I don't know
1: I think it depends on who they are because some PIs are proper like matey yeah and they'll take you out for drinks and stuff but like I, I couldn't imagine going out drinking with m- my PI
0: <laughs> yeah yeah some of them like especially I think I talked to a lot of people and they're like oh we went to this like conference and we all went out on like the lash and I'm just like oh no like <laughs> I'd want to go for like a very civilized dinner like <laughs> yeah.
1: no that's the reason you go to conferences
0: with like other PhD students yes but yeah. like with like PIs I c ca- not know no
1: is it because you're scared to scared for them to see what you're really like
0: yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah. <the> <laughs> really out. yes because like I feel like I would just be like really as i say like i i just get very like like lovey and i'm just like hugging and <laughs> telling them how much i like care about them and i'm just i can't oh no is yeah, they yeah me? i'm
1: like at work i try and be as professional as i can when i'm working with my supervisor and then they get like a very dulled down version
0: <laughs> yeah of me yeah. so i
1: don't think i want them to see the, the real brad
0: yeah, but then I I really my my supervisor is like asked to come on like the podcast and I would like to get her on the podcast. So like like if I'm chatting her like some juicy confessions with her, that's like taking it to the next step. Yeah, maybe you
1: should know, get no, some I like
0: do think... raunchy confessions. Yeah. I do, I do feel like I would maybe go out drinking with her. I just don't think I'd want to get steaming because I wouldn't want to make a fool of myself and then her remember it the next day. If we were both steaming, fine. I'm That's okay fine. with that.
1: exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what about if it's if it's like another super like another professor? A professor or, or, or absolutely not. not. A, le- a lecturer in your building. Because there were like four or five in my building who I'd happily go out drinking with.
0: Yeah, but I think not it, my yeah. PI. yeah, it would depend who it was and like what my relationship was with them because like I have friends now who are lecturers but they did their PhDs like they've just became lecturers from their PhDs and like I knew them when they were PhD students. So yes I would with them but if it was like somebody like a, another lecturer who I maybe don't know as well or I think it's all to do with like who you see as somebody in like a position of power and like yeah. a lot of the professors like I love them and I love talking to them and like I'll chat on to them about anything but equally like I do feel like I still need to be like very professional with them because like at the end of the day there might be people who offer me jobs at some point
1: So <laughs> sometimes you can't help it about the, the Christmas party at the end of the,
0: yeah, year, I'm a, the whole
1: department <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm conveniently missing the Christmas party this year because I'm going to be on holiday um yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit like oh what a shame never mind
1: <laughs> it's the right but like when you when you pass your PhD and you have your like buying the celebrations I'm sure they'll catch you out
0: probably because if they're buying me drinks I'm not going to be saying no And I'm gonna be like so happy that yeah, that's that but then I'm like, oh it's fine because I've like got my PhD at that point. You can't take it away from me now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and they can't give a bad reference. So
0: well, yeah, there is that that's the thing as well, isn't it? Like references. I know like I do know like people who have like passed their PhDs and then they've like gone on holiday with their old PIs because they're still like really good mates. And even then I'm like, yeah, I'd maybe go on like if if it was like a conference holiday then like yes
1: oh yeah completely yeah but not like uh to spain with their i was gonna say
0: like ibiza (laughs) 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 no oh it's just it's not the one but as you say like people have different relationships with their pis and i guess it just depends like what the pi is like because some pis do have a very like pali pali relationship with their students and that's really lovely that works for some people others have as you say, like a bit more of a professional relationship and that is what it is. So I think I'm probably going to leave the confessions there because I have a habit of just chatting on and on and on and on and then I have to cut out like two hours worth of footage. Uh, (laughs) So I think we will probably leave it there and I will thank you very much for your insights onto those confessions and you know it's been interesting to see that like we share the same points of view on some things like drinking with your supervisors <laughs> and uh maybe it's not quite the same on others such as uh confessing to uh hitting your supervisor's car do you have anything that you kind of want to say before we finish the recording like is there anywhere that you want to like direct the listeners so if you have like a like a live website or um I know like you said you're not as active on Instagram now but if you've got like a Twitter that you want to send people to then this is your opportunity. yeah
1: I mean so I, I did have a, a science comp page on Insta as well, but that's actually no longer a thing. Um, that that's, a, that's dead now. Um, but I do have a Twitter, and I'm just finding what the Twitter handle is because I haven't used it in a bit. <laughs>
0: Honestly, it's really bad because that's why I ask people because I'm like, I know that I follow you, but I have absolutely no idea what your handle is.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean obviously, uh, some people might recognise who I was in they're following you because they might have followed me as well um but I was formerly the neuroscientist on on Instagram um but that page is gone but if you do want to follow me um on Twitter I'm at b underscore d underscore Richardson um so yeah I am there <laughs> I don't post on it much but maybe I'll have to start posting on them
0: yeah I think it's a good way to network and like meet as you say like fellow scientists and what have you um but like do you have an idea of kind of what you want to do when you finish your PhD, do you think you want to do a postdoc or industry, or kind of what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, funny you say that. I was actually speaking to one of the other PhDs today about this. Um, I don't really have much interest in, say, in academia. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the environment isn't really for me. Mm-hmm. It's it's quite uptight and political, and some people who haven't do don't do PhDs probably don't realise that from the outside.
0: Yeah, it's um, massively political.
1: But I want, the, I think, I want more of a relaxed sort of nine to five. So I'm yeah. probably going to look towards industry after. But, you know, I hated science at school and I ended up doing a science degree. <laughs> and then I was adamant I wasn't going to stay after my bachelor's and I ended up doing a master's. And I was adamant I wasn't going to do a PhD and I did a the PhD. So maybe,
0: never <laughs> maybe say I'll never, be a right?
1: postdoc in three years' time. You know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I guess you never know, though, do you? I mean, the thing is, is like when you do a PhD, it opens so many doors. And I think that's what... A lot of people don't realize because I think so many people who do PhDs kind of go into it thinking that they're going to stay in academia but there's so much that you can do like if you want to go into kind of like some sort of like financing job within like even a biotech company or something the knowledge that you've got from your PhD are going to massively help you moving forward in that and there's I think going into it like I didn't realize the sheer volume of options that you have and in yeah. some ways it's, it's it's amazing it's good but then it's also overwhelming because yeah you know there, there are um, so many options
1: that's sort of a fatal flaw of academia as well is you're not told about these other options outside because everyone everyone working in your building has been in academia since they started their first degree very rarely have they gone into industry and come back yeah. so they don't actually know what these options are as well so you're left by yourself to find them but there are yeah hundreds of different roles you can do with a phd other than doing a postdoc straight after yeah um, so it's quite important to remember
0: yeah definitely oh well you'll have to keep us updated and eventually post on your twitter with uh what you're going to do next and yeah i'm sure i'll obviously put all of your details in the description box and i would definitely you know encourage people to drop your follow and keep up to date with what you're doing because you know your research is really interesting and you know I'm sure whatever you decide to do in the future you'll be more than successful with so hopefully yeah. no it's brilliant and again like thank you so much for coming on with me today and yeah I hope it's been fun for you
1: yeah no thank you for inviting me on I feel honoured
0: oh no don't And <laughs> as I said like as soon as I knew that I was gonna do a podcast I was like gonna to have to get Brad on so I'm pleased that we finally yeah. managed to make it happen <laughs>
1: yeah I mean I remember speaking about it when you were thinking about the podcast but months and months ago probably this time last year
0: probably so yeah I'm glad, that it,
1: I'm glad that it actually happened
0: oh me too thank you for like encouraging it I feel like I owe a lot of it to you because you're like yeah just do it like it'll be great and as <laughs> yeah. far like I'm really enjoying it and I hope that people like are listening to it so so you owe yeah. it all to Brad people <laughs> <laughs> oh but no seriously thank you so much and yeah thank you thank you And there we go. There was my episode with Brad Richardson. I really hope that you all enjoyed that. I really enjoyed listening to some of the information surrounding Brad's research topic. As I said in the episode, I have known Brad for quite a while but this is actually one of the first times that I've actually spoken to him in, per- well, in person on Zoom um, and it was just really nice to kind of hear a little bit more about his research because I think as scientists we do tend to connect and network with other scientists quite a lot but you don't ever tend to kind of sit there and actually talk in depth about all of the intricate parts of your research so it was really nice to be able to do that with Brad today and of course really nice to discuss some of those confessions as well was definitely some interesting ones in there so yeah please let me know what you think uh i will put Brad's information in the drop down box in the description box as usual. As usual if you would like to feature on the podcast or if you'd like to submit some confessions I will also put those details in the description box as well and if you wouldn't mind consider giving the podcast a bit of a rating if you're enjoying listening to us wherever you listen to your podcasts please think about giving us a rating because that would really let me know how you're finding the podcast and of course maybe encourage other people to listen to it too because the bigger I community gets the more ridiculous and hilarious science confessions we're going to get in so yeah thanks so much guys thank you again for joining me for this episode and I'll see you again in the next one speak to you later bye